0: All right, well, we are really um, fortunate this morning. Um, I've invited um, a gentleman I've known for a few years, not super well, but we drank coffee together a few times, Chaplain Rick Cawthon, uh, to come and to speak to us today. And and there's a a strategic reason why I asked Rick to come in today, and and, uh, it's it's this. And I really think it's of the Holy Spirit. Um, We're like three miles down the road from the Justice Center, from the jail in our town. And I really felt like the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, what are you guys doing? There's a whole people group there who aren't being reached. What are you doing to reach them? And so I began to pray about it, and I met with Rick a few times, and I just felt this. I thought, you know what, Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to bring in somebody who's doing chaplain ministry right up the road from us in Sheboygan and has been very successful at it and doing it um, for years now, and um, bring him in, let him share what it's all about, preach the Word to us also, and hopefully the lord is going to stir up the hearts of a couple of people in our congregation they're going to say you know what that's something i think god would want me to do and so so rick why don't you come share with us what god's laid on your heart tell us all about chaplaincy and let us know about this whole population that's uh living right down the street from us
1: Bless you. thank you good morning uh it's truly a privilege to be here pastor mark uh thank you for the invitation it's a uh, Truly a blessing is um, I get to, I'm a, a 70 God missionary that uh, gets to spend my time in jail. So I raise money to go into jail and most people raising money to get out of jail. So it's kind of a, kind of one of those funny things. It's like firemen run into a burning building. We all run out, but uh, I love being in jail. I really do. In fact, my wife says I belong there. And so, and people seem to believe that, but um, the minister I'm with, I'm with a ministry called Good News Jail and Prison Ministry, and their sole purpose is to train up Christian chaplains and place them in jails and prisons throughout the world. But I have a short video clip that will kind of take you behind the scenes so you get to see what I do and meet some of the people whose lives are affected. Now, this was filmed in Douglas County in Omaha, Nebraska, which is a huge facility, but you get an idea of lives that can be impacted that are behind bars, people that blew it, but God hasn't given up on them. So let's watch.
2: The mission of Good News Jail and Prison Ministry is to provide spiritually mature, equipped, and motivated men and women to serve as Christian chaplains in correctional facilities nationally and internationally. Sometimes people say to me, you think a chaplain's ministry really works? But let me tell you, it was in a cell block just like this in 1964 that a chaplain brought me the good news of Jesus Christ and changed my life forever. As you have the opportunity to view this video and look behind the walls, I trust you too will see the value of a chaplain's ministry, and your heart will be blessed as you see what God is doing in jails and prisons around the world. Who am I?
3: How did I get here?
4: I was a criminal,
3: sent to jail once,
4: twice, repeat- repeatedly,
3: I was lost, and it only
4: got worse. Stealing drugs, Assault. spiraling into total. total destruction. And then there was hope. My life began with hope.
2: Who am I? What gave me hope? This is my story.
3: This is my story.
2: This is my story. This is our story.
3: I lived for the moment. The moment was all that mattered, and uh, I'd worry about the consequences later. I was a a full-time thief. I was a full-time prostitute. Um, A lot of times I was living from place to place, um, but really living nowhere.
4: I would totally neglect um, other people's feelings, um, other people's lives.
3: I never thought about it, son, I never thought about the consequences, and I never thought about who would be hurt.
4: I knew how to live miserably. I knew how to do that. If I knew nothing else, I knew how to do that. It was just impossible to change, and I didn't want to live.
1: chaplain's important in a jail uh, because he brings a message of hope when there is hopelessness, Uh, when there is despair. A chaplain can bring light into a dark place. We see lives that have been crushed, devastated and then many times destroyed. They are without hope. They are completely filled with fear and anguish and anger and disappointment, and they have absolutely no idea where their life is gonna go from
3: there.
2: The chaplain's able to come in and be a caring individual. So we do Bible studies, we do classes, we do worship services. God created us to be in dependence upon him. How many of us have said, "I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this thing on my own"? Anybody succeed at that one? No. You break the cycle of crime one life at a time through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to change behavior by changing hearts.
3: My roommate actually told me that I needed to speak with one of the chaplains. That they had people here who would want to pray with me and really cared. So. I went to a Bible study and one of the volunteers told me about Jesus Christ and at first I didn't believe her.
5: (laughs) They become so excited because they have hope that maybe there is something better, that maybe there's a way to live a life of purpose.
4: I got on my knees and I prayed and I began to um, be emotional, cry. You know, and that's a very um, very rare thing in my life, you know, I didn't cry much, I didn't believe in crying and um, it was through that prayer and that, that moment of emotion that I began to experience the Holy Spirit.
3: I tell you, it was absolutely amazing. I did make a new commitment to Jesus in that jail. Um, and the most incredible thing happened, I got some hope. It was a series of seeing others and a series of listening to the chaplains repeatedly speak of Jesus Christ specifically, you know, not just the Bible, and not just the scriptures, but just God who came down and loved me that much. And I thought to myself, so someone does love me, (laughs) and there's someone waiting to love me even more, you know. So I reached out, and he came, and it's been incredible ever since.
2: We do not tell people, trust Christ, you'll get out tomorrow. Trust Christ, you'll never have another problem. Trust Christ, all your dependency on drugs or alcohol will be gone. We don't say that. What we say is that's the beginning. And then the discipling and the mentoring that the chaplains
4: do comes into play it's a perfect time to go in when men are at the lowest point in their life men and women for that matter and that we share the cross that we share jesus what he did that we share that there is a way out of this jail and it's only through jesus christ that 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 can be achieved it's only through our belief in our you know in our our faith in the lord that can lift us up that that we can be victorious that we can be more than conquerors, as the word tells us and the things that i used to fear you know, I don't fear any longer and, and I'm constantly reminded when I'm faced with situations of fear um, that in Second Timothy 1 and 9 it reads, um, For God has not given me the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, and, and that's the confidence that I move with, you know, knowing that it's, it's through His grace that all things are possible.
3: The things that I thought were so impossible have all been the easiest things to do. Um, Today I have my children back with me. I have the support of my family. Um, It's just been an amazing journey.
4: chaplains were here, I would thank them with a hug, a handshake, and a prayer. Because of the those seeds they planted are finally begin, beginning to blossom, and I would like for them to reap the harvest. Amen.
1: Or April 1st of this year will be 11 years since I've been in Sheboygan getting to do this. And watching that, it still brings me to tears. I am still feel so blessed. But Pastor Mark, as we were sitting here this morning, I felt God wanted just me to share with you, how did I even get here? Because some people just this last week asked me, how did you get involved doing something like this? Well, I want to tell you, I didn't seek it out. October. And this isn't about me. This is about Christ, about the hope, about the Spirit of God living and dwelling in us, and, and Him shining through us. In October 2002, I was pastoring in a church in Battle Mountain, Nevada. If you've ever been on Interstate 80, drove blink dry and saw you pass the town. That's Battle Mountain, Nevada. And uh, we're getting ready to go over to Sunday evening service. My wife and I are in the parsonage, right next to the church. The phone rang. I picked it up, and it was our daughter, who, always, who was away at college. We're just getting ready to go for church, and I pick up the phone, and I hear my daughter saying, Dad, I was raped. How do you prepare for that? And I remember just asking her if she knew who did it, and she said yes. And what happened was that night there was five young ladies that were targeted for initiation for guys to be initiated into a secret fraternity at this college. And so she was drugged, and she was raped, and she came through during that. She came to, and then she passed back out. But I, and I remember asking her, I said, are you going to press charges? And she said, Dad, I don't know. And here, the pastor of this church, my exact words were, why would you let a piece of trash like that get away with nothing happening? The moment I said that, God spoke to me loud and clear. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was loud and clear to me. And he said, that piece of trash, I created him. That piece of trash, I died for him. Who will go and tell him? And I call that, I had my Isaiah 6 moment. You read the story in Isaiah 6 when God said, who will go? And Isaiah said, here my Lord send me. That was my, God began to. Just tug on my heart to go to those kinds of people, and he's so impacted my heart that I, I didn't do know what to do, but I knew this. I knew Mr. Google, so I got on Google chaplains in prisons, and the first one that came up was Good News Jail Prison Ministry. I remember calling a uh, chaplaincy department in Springfield, and I shared with them my story what I felt God doing, and they said, um, "Can you make it here in three weeks?" Said I. Yes, so they said we're interviewing for ecclesiastical endorsements for, for chaplains. And so I went and I shared my story, and I came out, and they, they granted me my ecclesiastical endorsement. And, and through a process, they were looking for good news. General Prison Minister is looking to place a chaplain in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, to be the chaplain. And when they told me that, my first response was, Sheboygan, there really is a place called Sheboygan. I didn't know, but I said, we'll go. And that's, you know, here we are, Lord, send send us. And so we went and on April 1st. We came to Sheboygan. And uh, I pastored three different churches. Each one was a broken, hurting church. He said, you know, and I, the last church I had in Battle Mountain, Nevada, think of the name, Battle Mountain. There's a big BM on the side of the hill. And it's true. <laughs> it's, it's true. In Nevada, for some reason, they put the town. Uh, initials on the mountain, and Battle Mountain happens to be BM. So it's a big white BM on the side of the hill. But anyway, I was there, and, and I remember sitting on the back porch and just asking God, because it was just a rough place. My first board meeting, I literally got between two board members, and I had to, had to keep them apart because they were ready to duke it out. And I just, on the back porch saying, God, are you mad at me? Did I miss you someplace? So why can't I be at a church that people actually love you? Well, and God didn't answer me. But probably about a year and a half later, God answered my question. I went into the jail, Sheboyne County Detention Center, walked around and met my first inmate that was there and spoke with him. And that day when I left, I just went out in the car and cried. And God said, where are you? And I knew. I said, I'm in a place with broken hurting lives. And that's when he answered me. He said, I was just preparing you. And I have loved doing this. There's several times as pastors on a Sunday out and on a Monday I'd write down a resignation letter that I would end up tearing up. I've never done that in this ministry. In fact, my wife tells you I would tell you I spend too much time in jail. But it's just, I, I found out that day. In fact, my response to God when he said, I was preparing you, it was like, God, you created me for this. It's like he didn't know that. He knew, but he was preparing me. And I want to share with you a passage of scripture because I just, I've just i met a lot of incredible men and women in jail. Truly have. Some of my best friends I've met in jail. But in, in the book of Philemon, starting in verse 15, because... There's a lot of people, you've named the crime I've sat with people. I've sat with right across the table and ministered to people that have raped people. And I know what it's like to be on the other end of that, getting that phone call. One of my passions is, one of the reasons what drives me is, if that guy that raped my daughter had known Christ, he wouldn't have done that. But now if I can go and share with somebody and they come to know Christ and their lives changed, maybe... A mom or dad, one last mom or dad might not get one of those phone calls. But Philemon chapter 15 says this, because you think about people that are in jails. I've heard people say they all deserve a bullet in their head. That was a man whose daughter had been raped. And so I had an opportunity to minister with him. It says, perhaps this reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man, as a brother in the Lord. And so I have the opportunity to see that, to see life change right before you. I really feel that one thing that God has called me to do, that I get to be as a dispenser of hope. You go into jail. I've the, I remember one inmate. I was asked to go see him. He was in the bubble. The bubble is worse. They put someone that has attempted suicide. I go to see him, and he had his, hand in his, his head in his hands just crying uncontrollably. So they came and got me. They said, Chapman, can you go speak to him? This guy's just he's a basket case. And so I went, and I couldn't take anything with me because he was in the bubble on suicide watch. But I was able to talk with him a little bit, listen to him, and just try to comfort him. And I prayed with him, and I said, I'll be back to see you in a day or so. And so when I went to go see him, he wasn't no longer in the bubble. He was in uh, process room five, and I went in to see him, and he was smiling at his completely different counsel. I said, what happened? He said, after you left, I'd asked for a Bible. and The officers couldn't find a Bible, but they found a religious magazine that they gave him. It happened to be a Pentecostal Evangel." And I still, the cover was the one that was on Vanuatu. In fact, if you watch the news, there was just a cyclone that hit that country and devastated. But I remember it was a world mission edition. And so he's reading it and reading these missionary stories. And it wasn't really connecting. And it was just like, oh, okay. And he closed it. One thing that God, I believe, God had orchestrated that day, because if you've ever looked in Pentecostal Evangel, there's a little thing in there that says the ABCs of salvation. They move it all over the place because they want you to look for it and find it. Well, that is edition, By God's providence, it happened to be on the back cover. When he closed the cover, closed the magazine, that was staring him in the face. So he told me, he says, I read what it said and I did what it said. And he says, it's like this weight got lifted off of me. He says, I've been laughing ever since and dancing. I said, you're dancing? He said, yeah. I said, in here. He said, yeah. And I pointed behind me at the the camera, the surveillance camera. So I said, what do you think they thought? But anyway, it's just incredible. And I had the privilege of baptizing him in Lake Michigan about a year later on Mother's Day. It was absolutely incredible. And he's still doing wonderful. By having the privilege to just meet a lot of incredible people, and because of the pain that I went through, and God turned it into something, I've had the privilege to meet with a lot of people. In fact, I had the privilege of meeting a, a young man that gave me this Bible. If you're familiar with this, it's a fire Bible. It's missionaries pass these out, and uh, this actually came from a missionary. A missionary, you might all know. His name is Peter Aitkrite. Well. The person that gave me this happens to be Peter Ackwright's nephew. He gave me this Bible just recently and uh, because Peter had sent it to him. And he wanted to give it to me just as a thank you because I had the privilege of meeting Dirk in jail. And that's why I found out that Dirk is Peter Ackwright's nephew. You see, not everybody in there is a hardened criminal. They've messed up. But even at hardened criminals, anyone that's messed up, God hasn't given up. And I'm so grateful for that. So it gives me pleasure. In fact, I brought Peter's nephew with me today. Dirk, if you could come up here. (laughs) I just want Dirk to share with you a little bit about being an inmate, but what it's like and how important it is to have someone in there. That will come and share the hope of Christ. also gives them hope that God hasn't given up on them.
5: Thanks, Chaplain Rick. Um, Yeah, I got to spend some time behind bars. I didn't do any state time, a lot of county time. But it is rough when you're sitting in there, and everybody on that video was me. Gave up. I was a drunk. I was a drug addict. I was a violent offender. I was trash, you know. Um, I felt unwanted. Like, I didn't deserve anything. You know, when I grew up knowing God, my uncle's a minister, and I got family members. and But yet, they always talked to me, but I didn't listen to them. Because, it's like, well, you have to tell me this. But whatever. You know, and when I got into trouble, and inside, you're, you're, it's cold. There's no light. You're with 12 other people, and all you hear is cussing, and swearing, and all the foolishness going on. And finally, one day, I I decided, you know what, i got to do something. And thankfully, Chaplain Rick is there. Because he tells us when we come in, you know, don't give up. God hasn't given up hope on the inside. That's what he he would tell me. Hope on the inside. Believe. And, um, you know, sometimes we come back a few times because we don't get to see him enough the first time we're there. But, you know, he... He never gives up. And it's to be there, to have somebody to turn to, to have something to look forward to. You know, now there's guys sitting down in his jail that are in them rooms. Yes, we, we broke the law. We're, we need to be punished. I understand that. But they're sitting there with nothing. Nothing to look forward to except the day they're going to get out so that they can go back and hit the streets and be doing exactly what they did, and they're going to end up right back there or worse. You know, with Chaplain Rick, there was Bible studies. There was one-on-ones. I needed glasses. He provided me some glasses. Um, A correspondence course. Kept me out of the day room. Kept me away from all the foolishness and all the other garbage going on. And got my attention into the book. You know, and after I completed that, I got a beautiful leather-based Bible, study Bible. You know, but there's people, we're not disposable. You know, and we feel that way. You know, we we make a lot of mistakes, and we walked out on the street. And there's times we, I couldn't look at other people in the eye. I couldn't. I walked out on the street when I saw somebody coming at me. I'd almost naturally look down. I wouldn't acknowledge them. I was afraid. I was embarrassed of who I was. You know, and I made some mistakes. I used drugs and alcohol heavily for 35 years. You know, um, committed a pretty you know, violent crime. I mean I got a popped with a felony strangulation charge. I tried killing someone, you know. And Chaplain Rick was there to help bring me back. You know, and he would say, Don't give up. When I first time I went into jail, we had one guy that might say something about Chaplain Rick or the Bible in our pod. The second time I went back, there was three people. The last time I was in out of a pod full of 12 guys, we had seven people that had Bibles, and we were all we were holding our own little Bible studies in, in, in ourselves, in our pod, in things like that. And some people say, yeah, well, you're just doing it because you're in, and you're just, you know what? That might be the case. But like a tulip bulb, you put it in the ground, and at the right time, it blossoms. And that's what happened. I had, you know, I mean, unfortunately... In a three-year span, I got to go back in four times. But when I came out, the last, right this last time I was in, it's been five years, four years now, I think, something like that. But everything blossomed. And I got my children back. I've been baptized. The woman I love, we've been together eight years, even though I committed the worst atrocity to her. I have a new son. I have a great job i got a wonderful friend. You know, so we can't give up on these people. And I don't do enough myself to go in and and talk and and things. But it's it's very, very important that we know that if there's people out there that you have, somebody that you know, a family member, whatever, a friend, acquaintances, a son, not to give up. You know, because there are success stories, and there's a lot of them. And I thank every day, I thank the Lord every day for Chaplain Rick, that he takes the time out of his life to come in and try to make a difference in ours. And he has, and he's made a great difference. And I accredit him for a lot of the success in a lot of places I am in my life right now, with my children back in my life and the relationship I'm in and where I'm at with my walk in God and just the fact that God's even in my life. Because without him and, and the people in his ministry, we wouldn't be. You know, so it's 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 cold, it's lonely. You know, if you got don't have a fixed up basement, go find a corner on a cement floor with a cement wall and lean against it for a couple hours, when and just sit there and think about it. And we've got nothing else to do except run through all the problems in your mind over and over and over again. You know, and then. Listen, you know, and just picture all the foul language and all the nonsense and talks about drugs and alcohol and everything else that's going on as you're sitting in that cold little corner festering on all your own problems. You know, there's a real light. There's a heater, you know, and there's, there's hope. So, you know, just, you know, if there's somebody here that thinks this is what they need to do, you know what, do it. And, I mean, if I can mention just one thing. I have a cousin that's an assistant warden at Folsom State Penitentiary in California. Granted, he's, I don't know if he's in with the Lord or not, but I've talked to him about some stories about some of the guys and people that are in there. And you know what? Like Chaplain Rick said, he followed. Cousin told me of a case where a woman did that. They came in. The guy murdered their son. And they sat down. They took his hand. They forgave him. And he's still, my uncle cousin's like, I don't know why people do this. Well, you know, we know why. But, you know, so, but Dad, I, I could talk probably for quite a while. It's an great gift. But, you know, just, I, I don't even know what to say other than Chapman Rick, I love you. And I thank you for being there for, you know, God says, reach up your hand and I will pull you through. There's my anchor. There's, there's my winch that pulled me out of the slop that I was in and turned me into a respectable human being. And I thank you for that. And I love you.
1: people matter to god and uh that's why i counted a privilege god took probably the worst pain i ever experienced in my life and just turned it into a passion and uh my daughter she's the couple that got married and right after that she's just started a relationship with a young man and they eventually got married and so and, uh so she's gotten through that. They gave us our our two grandsons my son in law's in the air Force, and uh so our daughter's been with us the four times he was over in the middle east and uh now they're in uh he's still in the air force there in Dayton ohio, so we get to we'll get to see them in a couple weeks they're coming down or coming up here to spend uh Easter with us but I just want to encourage you, I think God had me share my story because some of you might have been going through hurts and maybe. You think those people deserve a bullet in the head. But when I think if Jesus, you know, when I hurt the most, when in fact, what, what Jesus showed me when I'm on the phone, I saw scripture scroll in front of me is Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. You've all memorized 9 through 13, I'm sure. Our Father, which art in heaven, how it be by the name of the Lord's Prayer. Right at the very end, this is what God showed me when I was hurting more. And you can't describe the pain. But I wanted my God to just take me in his arms and hug me. Instead, he showed me scripture. He knew what I needed. The scripture he showed me was this. If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But, verse 15, if you do not forgive men when they sin against you, neither will your father in heaven forget you. And that's what he showed me when I was hurting. But you know what? I needed that. I needed to make a decision right then and there before that took root in my heart. And God was able to take that pain. When I thought, talk about it, the way, I don't have any pain. All I can think about is what God did and how incredible he is. And so I just felt God wanted me to share that with you because, like a pastor, Mark, had said, just down the road from here, you guys have a jail. There's Onesimus and there's Dirk sitting in that jail right now that can... Be a part of this church. In fact, what I love about the church I go to, I walk in. In fact, a lot of churches in Sheboygan, I walk in, I hear people say, Chaplain Rick. And I figured they'd either heard me speak before in a church or I knew them from jail. So I let them share where they know me because I don't want to say, oh, you're out now, huh? <laughs> and everybody might not know. So, But one of the greatest things I, is when we have have former inmates that we have a number of them now come back in and do ministry in the jail. And I have what's called a chaplaincy support team, which are kind of like an advisory board for me. We grew it this year by 50%. We have about uh, 18 people on my chaplaincy support team. We have two former inmates now that are out doing good that are on my chaplaincy support team, psych advisors. So it's coming full circle and it's absolutely incredible. So I want to encourage you. There's people down there that would love to hear from you. Or just to know from you that they're not a piece of trash, that they're not something that just discarded, that they don't deserve a bull in their head. Like Tiana in that video shared, she finally realized, somebody does love me. And one thing about Tiana, she was, okay, she was facing life in prison. She was implicated in a double homicide. You would not know that looking at her. She was strung out on drugs. Like, Can you imagine when she came out of those drugs how she felt? But then to really come to the conclusion that somebody does love you, that that they could, she could experience the love of Christ because someone in a church went to a jail and reached out to her. I look at myself, I'm a missionary, not to the dark continent, but in probably the darkest place on our continent. But it's an incredible place to go. You will be surprised at the jewels and treasures that you can discover there. As the videos you show, the president of Good News John Prison Ministry, at the time he retired since that video, but he was a former inmate. And it led for almost 30 years this ministry, and it was a privilege to serve underneath him. So as God stirs your heart, think about it. And at church that size, there's, there's one or two of you at least that God would tug on your heart to come, and I guarantee you they'll let you go. But if you need someone to help you to get in the door, I know people <laughs> can maybe get you in the door. So I thank you, and if I could, Pastor Mark, if I could just pray over everybody just very quickly, and i turn over Pastor Mark. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, again, for the incredible privilege of being able to go to jail, because you even said in Matthew, you commended those when you said, when I was in jail, you visited me. Not only is it feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, and clothing the naked, but it's Going to those who've blown it, who are in jail, who are in prison, whose life story has been flashed across the headlines and make people cringe. But I thank you, Lord, that you love them. And so, Lord, I pray that you would stir hearts, Holy Spirit, because people here might know someone who's been in jail. People here might have been in jail. And so, Lord, I just thank you ahead of time for the heart of Pastor Mark because to be a missionary you care about people and I believe Lord that God wants to use this church to send a missionary to that jail right down the road to make a difference I pray Lord that you would empty that jail and bring them here fill this place up with former inmates Lord and take Port Washington back from the crime that's been ridding this place and we thank you, not only that, Lord, but the lives that are on the precipice of going into hell for eternity. He's them to reach out and pull them back because you love them, Jesus. Lord, that's my prayer for this church and for all of us, that we would be your love and your hope extended even to those who are behind bars. Thank you, Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
0: Lord, thank you for coming and sharing a very effective and powerful story. I do believe the Lord is is in the process, maybe today's first day, of stirring some hearts up for people who who just saying, "That's what, that's what I'm supposed to do." I want to point something out today. Um, we always open. We we pray to open up our hearts to the Spirit speaking to us. And and Rick, you talked about um, forgiving. Those who have hurt you, um, you know, we had a, a prophetic word in the beginning of the service. That's exactly what it focused on—forgiving those who have hurt you. I think the Lord is trying to. Maybe, maybe that's the the inroads into somebody's heart here. Maybe you have been greatly hurt, and God wants to use that. He wants to. He loves to completely confound the devil. The devil has plans on how to derail you in your life. And he loves to take that thing that the devil would want to use to derail you and make something beautiful out of it. And so the pain that you've gone through, and maybe there's some unforgiveness in your heart, maybe towards something tied to someone who did something illegal. Maybe they went to prison. God wants to, to free you today, give you the greatest gift you've ever given and received in your life, which is the, the, the gift of freedom from anger and sin and guilt he wants to free you. this says, when the son is set free is free indeed. He wants to give you freedom so you can live real life today. real life's not in heaven, real life is today, and it's living in the joy and the freedom of of the Lord in your life right now, not being bound by all the things the rest of the world does and one of those things we can be bound by is that spirit that would say the best thing that could happen is put a bullet in their head that's the the devil wins with that. the devil's the only one who wins because he's he 's holding you in a spot where you can't blossom. And maybe the way he wants somebody to blossom in this place is he wants you to blossom by overcoming that through his grace and then being an an avenue for bringing grace into other people's lives in the love of Jesus. So my simple request today is that you open up your heart. Here's what we often do. We often feel God stirring in our heart, and then we, we're really good at saying no. Saying no to God. We're really good at it. We, we we're practiced at it. And we just push it aside and go, oh, that was just emotion. Um, here's the deal. I don't have a compulsion to go to the prison. I spent. I started ministry as prison ministry. I was that close after college about being a chaplain. And I felt compelled to go a different direction. But now the Bible says my role as a minister, Ephesians 4:11 and 12, my role is to equip you to do what God called you to do. And so I recognize that my role, to fill my role, is I bring in somebody like a a Chaplain Rick and I say, stir our hearts, Holy Spirit, so that I can help one of you or a couple of you fulfill the role God's calling you to do. So you can stand like Chaplain Rick's, maybe not necessarily a chaplain, but somebody who's saying, "Um, God helped me to find fulfillment in an area that I never thought I would by serving a group of people who I thought maybe before were, were not worthy of being reached. And God wants to do that in your heart. So my job is to help you find where God wants you to function. So my my request to you today as your pastor is don't be quick to say no. Be quick to say, Okay, God, remember we started this way? Hand on your heart. We said, Lord, I surrender to your leadership. I'm welcoming. Holy Spirit, you live in me. I'm welcoming your leadership. Just maybe the Lord's leading you to get involved in this kind of ministry. And if you do, um, between myself and, pa- and, and Chaplain Rick we're going to get you we're going to get you going amen amen well, we're going to we get the privilege and I call it to that a privilege of taking an offering this morning for chaplain to chaplaincy ministry that Pastor Rick is um, involved in here's one of the things I know that kind of ministry is the hardest ministries there are to ever, to ever fund um, when you just say things like there was no Bible in the in the uh, in the um, in the system to get what's well, the reason the state's not buying Bibles we're buying Bibles to put in the hands of people like Chaplain Rick. We're the ones who do that. And so that we can fund those ministries so that they can, they can do what they're called to do. And so we're going to receive a, an offering this morning for, that will 100% go to uh, this, prison, this chaplain ministry. And uh, if you want to write a check, write it out to the church, and then we'll give one check at the end to, uh, to Chaplain Rick for the ministry. So, Father, thank you so much for the joy of being together. Lord, my heart's been stirred today. Lord, I've been, I've been encouraged being in your presence in worship, and I've been challenged today. Lord, I've been challenged in my heart to not let bitterness take root. That, Lord, when people offend me and hurt me, I've been challenged by this example of saying, someone could have their daughter raped, and the Lord would say, you know what, I'm going to free you from that, and I'm going to cause this to be the, the greatest blessing in your life, not the pain of that, of that horrible event, but the fact that you can do a miraculous work in the heart of us. So, Lord, thank you for challenging me today. Thank you for challenging all of us today. Because, God, we want soft hearts. We want to be like Jesus, because really, Jesus, you live in us. And as we give you rulership and and we abide in you, your very character begins to, to develop within us. And so, Lord, thank you for being in us today. And, Lord, minister through us. For your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I really hope and believe that the Lord has ministered to your hearts today. I know that we have a number of people in our church family just in this last week who have been going through a lot. Um, I know Lila's aunt passed away, and um, Lisa Bogey's father just passed away, and just last night, Jeff Scott's sister passed away. And so, and just our church. All that, and I might be forgetting something. And all of our church, just very, those three really hard things. Here's what I know. God's greater. And God wants us to connect together, to walk through those times together. Maybe God's going to connect you with somebody who's going to go to some people down the street, um, in the jail, who who really are ready to receive love. I'm not sure how He's going to do it. But I know this. The Spirit of the Lord is here to dwell within us, to take us to places and do things that we never imagined possible. So as a church, let's be open to what the Lord wants. And I hope that if you're, as you've been walking through heartache this week, some of you, um, that you are feeling the presence of Jesus in your life as you're walking through this. So just you stand with me this morning? I just want to pray a prayer of dismissal. Father, thank you so much for just the good, very real presence of the Holy Spirit today. Pray, God, that you would bless and minister to each and every one in this place today. Lord, if there would be anybody here who says, you know what, I I don't really know if Jesus loves me, that right now in the depth of their heart they would know, they would experience, and what they would what they would understand today is what they've experienced, that feeling they've experienced in this place, that they're saying, I'm not sure what I'm feeling, but something is different. They would know that's, that feeling that presence is the reality of God. And that if, they, if you feel that, that today in just the quietness of your heart, or even with somebody else, you come talk to me after church, you can say yes to Jesus today. And He'll come into your life, and He'll do what He's done in all these inmates' lives that we heard about, make you a brand new person and give you hope. So Father, thank You that You are the God of hope. Bless each one who is here today, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful day in Jesus. Don't forget the Connect group, a group link meeting, is immediately following church in room six. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus.